this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. 228,000 hours, 9,940 days, 26 years of your life. That's enough to watch around 150,000 movies or sail around the world seven times. And it's a healthy average amount of sleep you should get in your lifetime. It sounds like a lot, but in fact, the world population is now generally getting less sleep than ever before. Sleeping less has to do with how when we go to bed aligns with our circadian rhythms. It affects how long you can sleep, no matter how tired you are. How easily you fall asleep is partially genetic, but then again, our genes haven't changed a lot over the past century. It also has to do with your melatonin levels. When your system doesn't produce enough of it, your brain has trouble sending you to sleep. The main reason we're getting less sleep now is our sleep hygiene. It's all about the good old healthy habits. When you eat healthy regular meals, work out, and set the right sleep patterns, you can even beat some bad genetics in that way. When you do the opposite, even the best of genetics won't help you sleep-wise. One thing that now affects our sleep hygiene and has gotten way more pervasive during the 21st century is light. Humans have evolved to be super sensitive to the smallest changes in light around them. You have special receptors in your eyes that respond to those changes and regulate your circadian rhythms. They send data to the brain and regulate your internal clock. This internal clock is set to help your body get ready for the coming hours and days by analyzing the amount of light. Now, the artificial light all around you and shortwave light from your gadgets confuse your natural prediction system a lot. Scientists have found it can shift your internal clock by five or six time zones. As a result, your brain gets the signal to stay alert instead of falling asleep. Running low on sleep makes most of us pretty cranky the next day. But that would be the least of all evils. Next thing you know, you have trouble focusing on things and recalling details. Your brain just doesn't get enough time to properly process and store your memories for later. It also needs the right amount of time to process your emotions, recognize them, and react the proper way. When you deprive it of that time, negative emotions take over positive ones. Giving yourself enough time to rest is a contribution to your heart health and overall balance. It's also an investment in your athletic success. Not all sports are about quick bursts of energy, but you do need energy and motivation and enough time for muscle repair, even for endurance sports like running, swimming, or biking. And if that's still not enough to convince you that sleep is all you need, Doing it for 8 hours helps you get rid of around 300 calories on its own. The number differs from person to person, and the more you weigh, 
the larger it is. All that energy goes on fueling your essential functions, such as breathing, circulation, temperature regulation, and cellular growth and repair. When you don't get enough sleep, your body needs more energy. Since it can't get it from snoozing, it'll make you get it from food. Your hormonal levels get messed up, and your body starts producing more hunger hormone and less fullness hormone. Scientists ask healthy adults to sleep for just six hours a day for five weeks, and their resting metabolism slowed down by 8%. No fun, right? Let's see what you can do about it. It takes your body around 90 to 110 minutes to pass through all stages of sleep and restore itself completely. That's one sleep cycle. It starts with stage one of non-REM sleep. REM here stands for rapid eye movement. Everything slows down, including your eye and muscle movement. If someone wakes you up at this stage, you won't feel like you've had any sleep at all. It's normal to feel like you're falling and then have a sudden muscle contraction at this stage. Then, at stage two of non-REM sleep, your eye movement stops and your heart rate and temperature go down. Your muscles partially contract and then relax again and again. Stage three of non-REM sleep is deep sleep. Your brain produces slow waves. Your eyes and muscles aren't moving. It's not easy to wake you up. Then, about an hour after falling asleep, you pass through the REM sleep stage when you normally see vivid dreams. So, your brain activity increases and your sleep isn't that deep. Your major muscles, like the ones in your arms and legs, can't move. REM periods start out lasting 10 minutes and then get longer and longer. Then, the cycle starts over at stage one of non-REM sleep. When you plan your bedtime, it's important that you don't break those sleep cycles and let yourself have at least five of them per night. That sums up to seven and a half hours of rest. So, if you know you'll have to wake up at 7 a.m. the next day, you gotta schedule to doze off at 11.30 p.m. Planning on setting your alarm for 8 a.m. to rise and shine and get off to work or school? Then, your optimal bedtime starts at 12.30 a.m. You got it right. It's not about the earlier the better. If you missed your bedtime for some reason, wait an hour and a half before the next cycle starts. This way, you won't wake up tired and exhausted in the middle of your sleep cycle. We've all had those days when we're so exhausted we can hardly wait to get into bed and then sleep just won't come. Sleep experts call it conditioned or learned arousal. It's one of the most common sleep problems these days. It most likely happens because something in your sleep environment is screaming to your brain to wake you up and not make you doze off. The worst thing you can do in that situation is start scrolling through your social media feed or work emails on your laptop. First off, the blue light your gadget's screen emits restrains the production of melatonin. That hormone is in charge of your sleep-wake cycle, aka circadian rhythm. Second, the mere expectation of those work emails and prospectively bad news or more tasks to do 
makes you nervous. Each new message you get means another decision your brain needs to take, and it has to stay active for that. That's why calming it down could take a good while when you finally put your phone aside and lay your head on the pillow. To get there faster, try listening to music for 25 to 60 minutes before bed. It doesn't have to be Beethoven and the like. Some other relaxing tunes, like jazz or folk songs, slow your heart rate and breathing and help your muscles relax. When you do it regularly, your brain will take it as a before-bed ritual and you'll fall asleep even faster. It can also be a special sleep cast or an audiobook, as long as the narrator has a soothing voice and the story isn't shocking. The sound of frying bacon has a similar effect on your mind. It's comforting and repetitive enough to send some chilling vibes to your brain. It's perfect for falling asleep and as white noise while you're working and need to focus on something. You don't have to fry bacon before bed. Listening to a recording of it will do. Your report that's long overdue, the new person at work who seems to like you. Should you go see that movie everyone's talking about? And when will you finally sort all of your laundry? All those thoughts racing through your mind before bed won't let your brain unwind. Try getting up and writing down all of them to clear your mind of that burden. You could try putting them all in one painting or composing a poem. Another idea is making some meaningless lists in your mind. Plan what you take on a vacation on Mars or how you decorate your restaurant. It all works. You don't really have to know how many hours you have before your alarm clock goes off. So set it and hide it from plain sight. Put it in a drawer or under your bed. Every time you look at it, your brain sees it as a wake prompt. You quickly get used to this process and might wake up at night just for that. You can also try tricking your mind and stop trying to get asleep at all. You've probably noticed how much easier it is to doze off on your couch than it is even in the most comfortable of beds. Imagine you have an important test or job interview in the morning. You realize you need to get eight hours of healthy sleep, but you aren't tired at all. You get into bed and try forcing yourself into it. And then, when you have just four hours of sleep time left, you move to the couch. The living room is a different environment, most likely filled with good memories. Most importantly, your brain doesn't associate it with you forcing yourself to fall asleep. Without all that pressure, you relax and get your well-deserved Z's in no time. Now let's talk about some physical things that can speed up the process of you falling asleep and improve the quality of it. Keep your bedroom cool and dark. Most sleep experts agree the best bedroom temperature is around 65 degrees. Your body temperature naturally decreases to initiate sleep, and this room temperature range helps boost this process. If you keep it too hot or too cold, you'll affect the quality of REM sleep. Shades, curtains, or blinds will help you make your bedroom dark enough. Switching the bright overhead lights off won't send you to dreamland immediately. The best you can do is get some lamps, a dimmer switch, 
or candles to keep the lights in your bedroom low-key all evening long. And make sure you spend some time outdoors in the morning or earlier in the day to get enough natural light. It'll keep your body clock on the right sleep-wake schedule. You'll never really declutter your mind in a cluttered space. Even if you're okay with it, your brain isn't. It interprets the mess in your bedroom as another task to be completed. Until it's done, it can't totally relax. Start with decluttering your clothes. They belong in the dresser, not on the floor or your armchair. Go through your paperwork. Better yet, keep your bills, lists, and papers out of the bedroom. Your books belong on the bookshelves. Don't pile them up around your bed. One is enough. Otherwise, it's another subconscious to-do list. Sort the artwork. If it's too chaotic or intense, it can also stimulate your brain to process it instead of calming down. If possible, keep the space under your bed clear, or at least sort the stuff you keep there and put it in vacuum bags to save space. Remember, your bed is for sleeping. It's not a home office where you can always answer a phone call or respond to emails. It's not a movie theater for watching late night TV. And it's not the place to snuggle with your pets. They can easily interrupt your sleep as they start moving at night. You most likely sleep in one of three positions. The majority of people are side sleepers. This lateral position is pretty good for you, especially if you prefer the left side. Try not to curl up though. It may prevent you from breathing deeply. Sleeping on your back is called the supine position. No matter if you sleep with your arms down and close to your body, or like a starfish with your arms up over your head, it could make your lower back feel uncomfortable and take your snoring to the next level. This position is good for your neck though. To make it easier on your back, Put a pillow between your legs to align your hips better and decrease the stress on your lower back. If you prefer to sleep on your stomach, it's the prone position. In this position, you tilt your head up and your neck muscles press on the important arteries going to the brain. As a result, your brain doesn't get enough blood and you could wake up with a headache. So stomach sleepers, you might want to reconsider your choice. Master the technique of progressive muscle relaxation. Your muscles that have been working all day need to unwind, just like your mind does. It's a kind of meditation that goes like a waterfall through each and every muscle in your body. You can go from your head and down to your toes, or in the opposite direction. First, take a deep breath. Then, tense your toes. Hold them like that for five seconds and then relax them for 30 seconds. Move to your calves and thighs and do the same. Contract and relax. Continue to your abs and the backside. Move up to your hands, then your arms and shoulders. Don't rush. Go muscle by muscle and focus your mind on what you're doing. No external thoughts allowed. Finally, work your chest, neck, and don't forget about your face. Tighten your jaws and then relax them. If that full body relaxation is too much for you, 
At least work out your toes as you lie in bed. Curling and uncurling them for a while is a great way to release the tension from your entire body. It's so repetitive, your body starts slowly moving into sleep mode. Plus, it works out your leg muscles and even your abs. You can also try one of the many breathing techniques. Blowing bubbles, for example, relaxes your body and takes your mind off problems that distract you from going to sleep mode. Moon breathing is popular in many countries in Asia as a way to calm down your nervous system and improve your sleep cycle. Want to give it a go? Put a finger on your right nostril and breathe slowly and deeply through your left one. The yogis believe this way you only get the passive moon energy. It slows you down before sleep or whenever you need to calm down quickly. Use all of your acting skills and hum like a bee. It's like a spa for your mind and nervous system. Humming turns on the production of melatonin, the sleep hormone, and serotonin, aka the feel-good one. To make it work, you gotta lie down on your bed, close your mouth, inhale through the nose, and hum like a bee on your exhales for about 10 minutes before sleep. Have you ever heard of the 10-3-2-1-0 technique? The idea is to stop taking caffeine in any form 10 hours before bed. Then, no food at all 3 hours before bed. You must stop working to take your mind off things 2 hours before sleep. No more screen time 1 hour before bed. That includes your phone, TV, and computer. Finally, the zero in the formula stands for the number of times you'll hit the snooze button in the morning. Experts confirm this technique works miracles and will help you sleep well and wake up energized the next morning. If you can't survive without a pre-bed snack, a grumbling stomach is no fun at all, at least pick the right and healthy food. When you consume caffeine or fatty foods high in sugar, it takes a long time for your system to digest that stuff. That's why your body temperature rises. It won't help you get a good night's sleep. Instead, get some almonds before bed for a longer and deeper sleep. Another healthy and effective before-bed snack is walnuts. They contain omega-3 acids that kickstart the production of serotonin. The best you can do for your sleep, diet-wise, is to have brinner. That's breakfast for dinner. Bananas help your muscles relax, thanks to potassium. Eggs are rich in protein. That helps healthy sleep. Oats and honey send the right amount of melatonin to your brain. You can also get a cup of chamomile tea, eat some kiwi, or have a bowl of rice. Foods you should avoid before going to sleep, unless you want to be awake all night, are cheese, fatty food, and all things spicy. Another sure way to spend more time quality sleeping and not tossing and turning in bed is to take a warm bath or shower an hour or two before bed. Even 10 minutes can help change your body's core temperature, relax both the body and mind, and make you fall asleep no problem. Now, are you 100% happy with your pillow? It should be just the right size, not too fat and not too flat. 
If your neck and shoulders don't get sufficient support or are curved at a weird angle that makes them twist or crunch, this puts your spine and body out of balance. As a result, you wake up with discomfort in your neck, shoulders, and back. It also happens when you've overused even the most perfect of pillows. Ideally, you should replace it after 18 months. That doesn't sound like a long time, but then again, you spend 2,500 hours a year with your head on it, so it's not that bad after all. Memory foam pillows can last longer, up to three years. A natural pillow is also more durable than a synthetic one. Ready to test your soft sleep companion? First, take off the pillowcase and give the pillow a thorough look. If it has stains from sweat, is torn, or smells, it does need replacing. Pillows collect dead skin cells, mildew, mold, fungus, and dust mites. Over time, these unwelcome guests become a crowd that can interfere with your sleep because of their odors. Then, fold your pillow in half. If it lies there folded and doesn't spring back to its original shape, it's time to start looking for a new one. You can choose a light and soft pillow filled with down, feathers, and other fillings. A good quality down pillow won't be cheap, but it's worth it if you want that natural material and super softness. Memory foam and latex pillows are heavier than lightweight choices, but unless you want to reshape it and move it with you while sleeping, it can be just fine. Your mattress also matters. Most of them have a lifespan of eight years. If yours is much older than that, it's time to find a replacement for it. The three most common types of them are inner spring, foam, and adjustable. Side sleepers will feel more comfortable with a softer mattress. Stomach sleepers need a firm one. And back sleepers land somewhere in between. The good old inner spring option will give you that bouncy feeling with its extra durable interconnected coils. It's smart to choose a firmer, well-quilted mattress and get a replaceable mattress topper to make it last longer. Memory foam mattresses have less spring and give you more pressure relief. They mostly have several layers of foam, heavier ones on the bottom and lighter kinds on the top. There are also hybrid mattresses with two central elements, an inner spring support core, and a foam comfort system. It's the perfect blend of bounce and contouring and low heat retention. It works for sleepers in any position. You can also experiment with an air-filled mattress with a remote that lets you control how much air is inside. Sleep is such an important aspect of your life, it gave rise to many myths. Let's see which of them are actually true. Some people say you can reduce sleep time by an hour or two every night and feel just as good. Sleep experts beg to differ. An average person needs between six and nine hours a night. You must already know your own number. You can force yourself into earlier wake-ups and feel seemingly well at first, but your sleep debt will gradually build up. As a result, your brain won't be able to function to its fullest. Your concentration level will drop, your reaction will become slower, and you'll feel confused and distressed. If you know you'll have to reduce the amount of sleep for a certain period of time, 
try banking sleep in advance. Experiments proved going to bed a couple of hours earlier than usual every night for a week could help you suffer less once you have to sleep less. But don't make a habit out of it. Sleeping in every weekend won't compensate for your sleep deprivation during the week. Another popular myth says putting your socks on will instantly send you to dreamland. It won't work in one second, but it can be one of the cues for your brain that it's time to doze off. Wearing socks promotes blood circulation to your feet. The vessels widen and can get rid of heat much faster. This drops down your core body temperature faster than usual, and that's what you need for a good, healthy sleep. You've probably heard that a long daytime nap is great for you. Naps are fine, but you'd better keep them under one hour and enjoy them before 2 to 3 p.m. If you nap for longer, you'll likely fall into the deep stages of sleep. You'll wake up with a groggy feeling and not refreshed at all. You'll also likely sleep off some of the sleep debt you have from the morning. It means you could have trouble falling asleep at night. To get the most productive nap, set the alarm to limit your nap to 10 to 20 minutes. Nap around the halfway point between your wake-up time and the time you want to go to bed. Find a dark, cool, and quiet place. Don't think about your work tasks or problems. Focus on what you're going to get from this nap. Do you believe the popular opinion that it's better to be an early bird than a night owl? In fact, both can do pretty well in life. It might be easier for a morning person to fit in and do better at work because of the way society is traditionally structured. Morning people are mostly more persistent, self-directed, and agreeable. But it doesn't mean you have to force yourself into becoming a lark if your productivity is at its peak in the evening. You'll feel better if you stay true to your natural preferences. When night owls wake up early, they're still producing melatonin. If you disrupt that process, you'll be doing yourself more bad than good. Your internal clock is mainly biological. You inherit the length of your circadian cycle from your parents. For night owls, it normally runs longer, and trying to change that is going against your own nature and genetics. The guy you once met at the grocery store, a friendly lady who used to serve you coffee on your way to the office, another sleep myth says that in your dreams, you can only see faces that you have already seen in real life. This sounds a lot like the truth, but there's no way to prove it 100% right or wrong. First, your dreams aren't normally vivid enough to detect and memorize the facial or body features of people you see there. Second, they're all super fleeting. Your dreams start fading away the second you wake up, and your mind starts filling in the gaps in case you want to remember those dreams. So it's likely to rewrite the missing data with something or someone you've seen before. Finally, your brain processes the faces of people you see even if you don't pay any attention to them. So it's impossible to tell who's just a plot of your imagination and who's real. Many people are sure those who can't wake up without an alarm clock just aren't getting enough sleep. In reality, this has to do with your REM cycle. If you wake up in the middle of it, you'll likely feel tired 
even if you've slept the recommended amount of hours for your age. If you don't feel like doing all the sleep cycle math yourself, get an alarm app that monitors your sleep cycles and will wake you up just at the right time. Have you ever rubbed the on-me-on spot trying to hit the sack faster? That little spot is between your earlobe and the hairline that comes up the back of your neck. Videos of people rubbing it with their thumb or forefinger have gone viral. They say it helps to relax the nervous system. Sleep experts debunk this myth, as sleep is about your brain and hormones, and not about massaging yourself. One way the rubbing could work out is by exhausting you so much that you'd fall asleep eventually. Another popular myth states that you gotta stay awake all night to cure jet lag. In fact, depriving yourself of sleep won't help you adjust to the new time zone. There is no cure for jet lag, but you could try spending as much time outside as you can. Natural light should help you feel better and get some sound sleep. You can start preparing yourself for your future trip ahead of time. If you're traveling east, say from New York to London, with a five-hour time difference, start shifting your schedule four or five days before the trip by one hour. So, by the time you get there, you'll be used to local time. When it's time to go back home, the same tips will work. You can also start preparing yourself and adjusting your bedtime in advance. When buying tickets for a long-haul flight through multiple time zones, pick a flight for the time you usually sleep at, if that's possible. If you normally go to bed at 10 p.m. and there are flights that leave at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m., it's a good idea to go for the second option. Wake up two to three hours earlier the night before the flight to fall asleep faster on board. Arrive at the airport a couple of hours before the flight and even earlier for international flights from larger airports. It will let you avoid unnecessary stress as you walk through check-in and security. And this way, you'll have enough time to do all of your pre-bed rituals. Want to brush your teeth? No problem, you have time for that. Do you normally read before you fall asleep? You can do that before you get on the plane as well. This will trick your body into thinking it's just another regular day and taking your seat on the plane will feel like moving to your bedroom, all ready for a good night's sleep. Don't ever deprive yourself of some quality, well-deserved sleep. Make those 26 years of your life really count. <laughs>